service, we're going to be jumping and shouting because God is moving here. Sound good? So if you guys want to look with me in Genesis uh, 32, verse 23 through 29, it says, That night Jacob got up and took his two wives, and I'm going to save that subject for Pastor Tom. He can tackle that one when he comes back. Um, Took his two wives and his two female servants. Someone's like, I love this church. (laughs) This place is awesome. And his 11 sons, and he crossed the ford of the Jabbok, and after he sent them across the stream, he sent over all his possessions. So Jacob was left alone. How many know that this, in this situation, this is when God can deal with you the most? And it says Jacob was left, he sent, he sent his, all of his people that he loved the most, all of his possessions, everything that he held dear to himself, man, he separated himself from them. And this is when God can do the most in your life, when he does the best work, is when you've separated yourself from everything that's, that's clogging your mind. And it says, so he was left alone, and a man wrestled with him till daybreak. And when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip so that his hip was wrenched, and he wrestled with the man. Then the man said, let me go, for it's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go unless you bless me. The man asked him, what is your name? It's kind of interesting that they've been wrestling all night, and they have yet to introduce themselves. Uh, whatever. And he said, uh, what is your name? Jacob, he answered. And the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with men and have overcome. Jacob said, please tell me your name. But he replied, why do you ask my name? Then he blessed him there. Let's pray real quick. God, we thank you for who you are and what you're doing in this house. God, I thank you that your one desire is to be closer to us. So God, I pray that today, as your word that never fails is, is comes alive, God, I pray that that would be the goal, that, that we would just be closer to you. And God, we're going to give you praise, glory, and honor for it the entire time. In Jesus' name, everybody said, amen. amen. All right, well, I titled this message, Conflicting Wells. And uh, it's going to, I plan for it to all come around at the very end and, and tie together and make a beautiful picture. But, uh, so just hang on for the ride. It's going to be good. I'm excited. Uh, conflicting Wells. And in the past few weeks, Pastor Tom's been, uh, there's kind of a theme to the services and kind of a theme to where the direction that he's, that he's taking us. And if you haven't uh, been to the past couple services or the past couple weeks since the new year, I suggest that you go to the website and you get the podcast and you begin to listen to them and get them flowing through your lives because you do not want to be in a different spot than the rest of the church uh, when, when God starts moving. Sound good? Well, he is moving. And if you're not with us, man, get with us. But uh, it started with, um, oh, what did it start with? It started with, uh, I have it in my notes. Hold on. <laughs> Consecrating yourselves. There we go. Start with consecrating yourselves, and the, and the Bible says, consecrate yourselves today, for tomorrow I'm going to do amazing things, and, and how many know it's not our job to do amazing things for God? Man, it's not my job to do something amazing for God, and, and I'm hanging out with the interns every day, and one of the things we talked about was, even if I went out today to the Toyota Center, and I had three million people that came and gave their life to God, that would, in, in God's perspective, that's not a great thing. That's not a great thing. Why, it's God. He holds the universe in his palm. Man, that's not a great thing for me, but, but for God to move through me. Man, it's God's job to do amazing things. Consecrate yourselves today, for tomorrow I'm going to do amazing things. Man, God's the one who does amazing things. It's our job to, to set ourselves apart. 
It's our jobs to get to clean our wells. And in the last couple of weeks, Pastor Tom's been talking about cleaning out your wells. Man, we have wells in our life and, and things that we have that are clogging up those wells that are, that are preventing God from flowing in our life. So consecrating yourselves and, and cleaning out your wells and, and basically setting ourselves apart because God wants to do something amazing through the garden and the tri-cities. And that's what we're setting ourselves up for. And God's doing an amazing work right here, and we get to be a part of it. Amen? So we went into cleaning out your wells, and I'm kind of going to keep it in the same theme. I'm, I want to keep it going with that. And so I've titled it Conflicting Wells. And, and so if you take notes, I, I, write it down. And, and I believe that, it, that if you're going to change the world, I believe you take notes. It is what it is. I believe the people who change the world, they take notes. So I'll know who's going to change the world. Look at down and see who's taking notes. So turn with me to Genesis 26. In verse 1, it says there was a famine in the land. And, and we're going we're gonna to jump to verse 12, but I just want you to realize, man, there's always going to be famine in the land. Man, there's, if you're not prepared for famine in the land, then you're not doing your job. Man, there's always, always, always going to be famine in the land. And we're going to jump and we're going to look back real quick. And in verse 12, it says, Then Isaac sowed in that land, and he reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Man, if you do not know... if it, Here's the thing. You need to learn how to sow in the famine land so that God can flow when it gets to the spot where it needs to be. If you can't learn to sow in the famine, then you're not going to be able to, God's not going to be able to flow in your life. Learn to sow. Isaac sowed in that land, in the land of famine, and he reaped in the same year a hundredfold, and the Lord blessed him. Last, last week, my dad was talking on, and the Lord blessed him. You know, he reaped a hundredfold in that year, and the Lord blessed him. And, and he went on to say, he said, uh, he said, I have a smoking hot wife, and the Lord blessed me. And I leaned over to my brother and said, with three boys. <laughs> <laughs> and the Lord blessed him. And the man began to prosper. He continued to prosper until he became very prosperous. And that's a... If you don't have a life verse, this is mine. And he began, he continued until he became. He began, he continued until he became. And it's not about money. It's not about wealth. It's not about the things I can grab. It's about the flow of God in my life. It's about God being able to move through me and do what I'm called to do, about me hitting my point and hitting my target. I began, I continue until I become. Man, God's got a promise for your life, Jeremiah 29, 11, and you need to continue, continue, continue until that plan comes to fruition in your life. Sound good? So he began to prosper. He continued to prosper until he became very prosperous, for he had possessions of flocks and possessions of herd and a great number of servants. So the Philistines envied him. Now the Philistines had stopped up all the wells which his father's servants had dug in the days of Abraham, his father, and they had filled them with earth. And Abimelech said to Isaac, go away from us, for you are much mightier than we. And Isaac departed from them, pinched his tent in the valley of Gerar, and dwelt there. And Isaac dug again the wells of water which they had dug in the days of Abraham his father. For the Philistines had stopped them up after the death of Abraham. He called them by the names which his father had called them. And that's what I want to get back to you. He called them by the names which his father had called them. And we all have wells in our life. And uh, if, you're, if you're like, <laughs> just your first time here, and you're like, what is he talking about? I don't have a well. I'm on the city tap. Like, I don't know what he's talking about. Hey, get last week's, get the last two weeks of, of podcasts and, and just begin to, 
begin to get that in your system. We all have wells in our life, and, and they look like our jobs, and they look like our, our personality, they look like our relationships, they look like who we are and what we do. I mean, they're wells in our life, and, and, and the, the enemy, man, he wants to clog them up. Why? Because it prevents God from flowing in your life. But I really want to focus on he called them the names which his father had called them. How many know that we get to a point sometimes where, yeah, the, God has called something one thing, but because we see it a different way, we're going to go ahead and call it something else. Man, we have one well, and God says, hey, it's, you're prosperous, but hey, I don't, I don't have money coming in, so I'm broke. We call these wells things that they're not. And then it causes God to, to be able, not be able to flow in our life. And I want to look into the life of Jacob. Jacob is Isaac's son. Isaac dug the wells, and then he had two boys, and we'll get to there, Isaac and Jacob. But I want to look into the life of Jacob. Why? Because he's a complicated guy. Man, he's complicated. And we're going to read into a little bit more about his complicated life, but, but how many know that we could, we, it didn't have to be Jacob. We could have used many people in the Bible because there's tons of complicated people in the Bible. I mean, you got King David, a man after God's own heart. Man, that's awesome. How many, how many want, want that title? Hey, I'm someone after God's own heart. The only person the Bible calls that is the same guy that wanted the girl so bad that after he slept with her, he had her husband killed on the front line of battle who was fighting for him. That's complicated. Man, that doesn't happen every day here in America. That's a complicated life. Or Peter. Peter, the guy who preached on the day of Pentecost and thousands got saved. But when they came to take Jesus away, he didn't have a backbone. And he said, I don't even know that guy. Now, that's complicated. But Jacob, man, Jacob is a complicated guy. And we're going to get to see a lot about his complications. And we're going to jump all over the life of him. So pay attention. If, if, you don't, if, you're, if you're like, I don't know where he's at, just get the podcast and listen to it again. Uh, Genesis 25, verse 21. And I'm reading in the NIV. It says, Isaac prayed to the Lord on behalf of his wife because she was barren. And the Lord answered his prayer, and his wife, Rebecca, became pregnant. Prayer works. Be careful what you pray for. <laughs> Next verse. And the babies jostled each other within her, and she said, why is this happening to me? Look at this. Before they're even born, they're fighting in her womb. Man, it, it takes sibling rivalry to a whole new level. Before they're born, they are jostling within her. And then Rebecca says something that I think every mom in her lifetime has ever said, why is this happening to me? And here's the thing. I know she said it at least twice with Evan and TJ. I don't think she's ever said it with me, but I know for sure at least twice that she said it. She says, why is this happening to me? And it says, so she went to inquire of the Lord. How many know that is a good move? Man, that is a good move. When you don't know what's going on in life, how many know you don't go to your, to your broke neighbors and talk to them about it? Or you don't go to your unbelieving uh, relatives and talk to them. And you stop gossiping. Man, we don't want to gossip. But she inquired of the Lord. That's a great move. So she inquired. She went to inquire of the Lord. The Lord said to her, two nations are in your womb, and two people from within you will be separated. One will be stronger than the other, and the older will serve the younger. She said when the time came for her to give birth, there were twin boys in her womb. The first that came out was red, and his whole body was like a hairy garment. So they named him Esau. And I want to look at that. It says his whole body was hairy like a garment. I, I've seen babies with lots of hair. I, you know, it's, I've never seen a baby whose whole body was hairy. I mean, we're talking a little red Chewbacca baby. It is hairy. 
So they named him Esau. It makes sense. Esau. Uh, and then it says, after this, his brother came out with his hand grasping Esau's heel. Now let's look at that. His, he, they're twin boys. Esau comes out first, little hairy thing. And, and Jacob, his hand, is grabbing his heel as they come out. And so they looked at, they stepped back and they said, okay, he's hairy and red. We'll call him Esau because that's what that means. And he's grabbing his heel, so we'll call him Jacob because Jacob means heel grabber. Heel grabber. Like, okay, my name is Stephen, and I've done a little bit of studying on what Stephen means, and it means the crowned one. Like, hey, I'm pumped. That is a great name. I am the crown. Jacob, heel grabber. Like, I don't know, but that, I would not be happy with my parents at that age. Like, you called me heel grabber. Like, that's not fair. They make fun of me at school, Mom. Like, you don't get this. Heel grabber. But it doesn't only mean heel grabber. And it says, uh, they, they named him Jacob, and Isaac was 60 years old when Rebecca gave birth to him. But Jacob doesn't only mean heel grabber. It also means deceiver. It means supplanter, uh, backstabber. It, 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 it's someone who's trying always trying to get ahead in life, always grabbing at people's heels, trying to pull himself up, trying to be, it's about me, it's about what I want, it's about what I can do. And so we're going to look into this life because something was put on Jacob before he was even born. A destiny was given to Jacob before he had, he had anything to do with it. It's not fair. That sucks. I mean, how many know in life there's things that are put on us that we, we have no control over? And so we're going to look at this complicated life of Jacob and he, he lives up to his name, which is great, because it makes for good stories. But he lives up to his name of deceiver, backstabber, heel grabber, supplanter. And one time, he, he, traded, he traded his brother a bowl of soup for his brother's birthright. Now, Esau's the oldest son, so that means he's, he's a top dog. That means when, when dad goes to be with the Lord, that he gets... Everything that he has is split up and divided between the sons, but because Esau's the oldest, he gets more than everybody else. And when dad goes home, he's going to give his blessing to Esau. So Esau's the man. And he, so it makes sense why Jacob is trying to grab his heels, trying to come out first. Wow, I want to be the firstborn. I want that, all that stuff. And so it says, and I want to go into this, Genesis 25, 27. And it says, the boys grew up and Esau became a skillful hunter, a man of the open country, while Jacob was content to stay at home among the tents. He was content. You get it? Con I'm just trying. To I'm, oh, it's okay. I'm just trying to work on stuff for second service, really. So. Uh, he said, so he said he was content to stay home among the tents. And Isaac, who had a taste for the wild game, loved Esau, but Rebekah loved Jacob. A little bit of division in the house. Once when Jacob was cooking some stew, Esau came in from the open country famished. And he said to Jacob, okay, listen, listen to the urgency in his voice. Quick, let me have some of that red stew. I'm famished. Jacob replied first, sell me your birthright. Look, I'm about to die, Esau said. What good is this birthright to me? A couple things here. Okay, birthright, bowl of soup. I'm famished. Okay, he's not starving. He thinks he's going to die. How many have ever been in, the, in a position in life where you think, hey, this is the end. Man, I'm out. Anybody with me? I'm the only one? Okay. Man, there's times in our life where it looks like, ah, oh, man, I, I'm at the end. Man, I'm about to die. I'm famished. Man, who in here, and 
And just be honest, who in here, it's okay, has a nice car? Anybody have a nice car? And here's the thing. Not like, hey, my Taurus is nice. No, okay, everybody likes your Ford Taurus. But I'm talking, hey, it's a, I have a nice car. Anybody? Raise your hand. Give me, what do you got? 37 Chevy truck. Hey, ooh, all right. Here's the thing, hey, we don't think that if you have a nice car, you're going to go to hell. We, we just think you're going to get to heaven faster, you know what I'm saying? Uh, but, uh, okay, 37 Chevy truck. Anybody, do you have a pin? Let me see. Ooh, that's a nice pin. Ooh, it's a metal. Okay, this pin, and I wish you could feel it, it's weighty for your truck. I'll trade you right now. No? It works, though. And that's what happens. With Jacob and Esau. Hey, I have this birthright, but I need something right now. Man, I'm starving. Man, I'm about to die. What good is this birthright to me? What good is it? I can't have it now. I can't hold on to it. I can't even see it. Why do I want this? When I could have the, the stew right now, I could have this right now. And we see this all the time. Man, we see it all the time in our lives. Now I get to work with the middle school and the high schoolers. And you know what's, what, what sucks is to see middle school girls who say, what good is the birthright? What good is a, is a marriage from God? What good? I can't have it now. I can't see it. I can't hold on to it. What good is that? When I could have this right now, he says he loves me. I can have that right now. And they give up their birthright. Why? Because what good is it to me? What good is it? Man, man, young men who, who, who think that they have to be hard because other people are going to think they're a punk if they, if they have this because they love people and they're compassionate. And, and so they, they put on this facade like, you know, I'm tough, I'm, I'm bad, I'm not a punk. And What good is this birthright to me when I could have this right now? Man, I'm hungry now. In verse 33, but Jacob said, swear to me first. So he swore an oath to him, selling his birthright to Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau some bread, some lentil stew. He ate, drank, and he got up and left. And one of the saddest verses, so Esau despised his birthright. He despised, he hated the thing that was promised to him because he couldn't continue. So he began to prosper. He continued until he became. Man, I hate, he hated the thing that God had for him, because he couldn't just continue a little bit longer. And I'm sure mom was making food dinner, but wasn't, I'm hungry now. I'm hungry right now. Man, I'm starving. I'm about to die. Look at Hebrews. Hebrews, Hebrews 12, 16, it says, it says uh, and they're talking, and, and, and it says, see that no one is sexually immoral. And then it says, or is godless like Esau, who for a single meal sold his inheritance the oldest son. The Bible considers Esau godless because he gave up what was promised to him for something he could have right now. Godless. God, I'm, I'm telling you today, you do not have to give it up. I have a plan, a future, a hope for your life, says the Lord. Don't give it up for something that you want right now. I know you're hungry. I know it looks you're starving. But you do not have to give it up. Continue, continue, continue until you become prosperous. Come on, guys. Man, you're going to, if you give it up, 
you despise it at the end. And you see it all the time in marriages. People who, who give up their jobs and then they hate it because they should have stayed. Relationships and yourself, who you are, personalities. And it says he despised it, and the Bible considered him godless. So we could go on about Esau and how he couldn't continue and how he, how he gave it up and how he was considered godless. But this is about Jacob and Jacob's complicated life and, and how somehow he got away with giving a bowl of stew for a birthright. He's a deceiver. Man, hey, I don't, I'll give you some stew for your birthright. Sell me your birthright. He, he, he's, he's sly. He's slick. And we look more into his life, and, and we look more into in Genesis 27, verse 2, and says, comes to a point in the story, and it says, Isaac, he said, I'm an old man, and I don't know the day of my death. And he's talking to Esau, and he said, now then go get your equipment, your quiver and your bow. Go out to the open country to hunt some wild game for me. Prepare me the kind of tasty food that I like, and bring it to me to eat so that I may give you my blessing before I die. And Rebekah was listening as Isaac spoke to Esau. And when Esau left for the open country to hunt game and bring it back, Rebekah said to her son, Jacob, look, I have overheard your father say to your brother Esau to bring him some food so he could eat it, and he's going to give him his blessing in the presence of the Lord before he dies. He says, now, my son, listen carefully and do what I tell you and do what I tell you. How many of those parents, you need to be careful of what you put on your kids? You got to be careful of what you put on your kids. Man, my, my dad... Is, is great at this. Man, for the longest time, he told me, if you can do anything else besides ministry, go do it. If you could do anything, if you want to do anything else, go and do it. Man, he didn't put any kind of burden on us as kids to, to be in the ministry. He didn't put anything on, on top of us like that. Man, he said, no, God has a plan for you. I'm not going to tell you what to do. God has a plan for you. You need to do what God's called you to do. Yeah, it just happened that it was ministry. Man, be careful, what, be careful what you allow others to put on you. Hey, that's big. You got to be careful what you're allowing others to put on you. Why? Because you don't want to work for it. You don't want to do anything, so you're going to allow someone else to put something on you. You're going to give up your birthright because you don't want to go through the work. She said, go out to the flock and bring me two choice young goats so I can prepare some tasty food for your father just the way he likes it. Then take it to your father to eat so that he may give you his blessings before he dies. Jacob said, Mom, but my brother Esau is a hairy man while I have a smooth skin. What if my father touches me? Well, I would appear to be tricking him and bring down a curse upon myself rather than a blessing. His mother said to him, My son, let the curse fall on me. Just do what I say. Go and get them for me. So he went and got them and brought them to his mother. She prepared some tasty food just the way his father liked it. Then Rebekah took the best clothes of Esau of her older son, which she had in the house. And we can stop there for a second. Okay, this verse... Jacob and Esau are 76 years old. 76 years old. And Rebecca still has their clothes in the house. They're still living at home. So I'm here to tell everybody that's under 18, hold on. Stay and milk it as long as you can. 76 and they're still in the house. Come on. And she put them on her younger son, Jacob. She also covered his hands and the smooth part of his neck with goat skin, and she handed her son Jacob the food and the bread that she had made. He went to his father, and he said, My father. Yes, my son, he answered. Who is it? And Jacob said, I'm Esau, your firstborn son. Now we look at conflicting wells and wells that we have in our life, and Jacob is born into something that is not fair. 
I don't want this. Man, I don't want this. So what he did his entire life is him trying to rename wells in his life. And I don't want Jacob. Jacob's dirty. He's a deceiver. He's a supplanter. He's a backstabber. He's always, trying to, he's always thinking about himself, trying to be first. I don't want this. I want Esau. I want to rename this well. I don't want to be this. I want to be something else. So I'm going to do what I have to do to get that. And you see, I'm Esau. And I'll put on Esau's clothes. And I'll put on this facade so, so people think I, I'm not what I, I really am. And so I can rename my wells in my life because it's not fair. I don't want this. Man, I don't like my marriage. I don't like my, my kids. I don't like my job. I don't like who I am. We see it all the time. So what do we do? We rename wells in our life. I don't have to have this. I can put on Esau's clothes and I'll get what I want. And I'll be happy. Man, life's about being happy, huh? And Jacob said, he said, I'm, I'm Esau, your firstborn. In verse 23, he said, he did not recognize him, for his hands were hairy like those of his brothers, but his brother Esau, so he proceeded to bless him. And he got what he wanted. All it took was just a little bit of deceivery. All it took was a little bit of putting on my brother's clothes, and I get what I want. Man, all I got to do is, is end it here and start something over here, and I get what I want. I'm happy. All I got to do is wear Esau's clothes, and I'm happy. But then it says, Esau came back to kill him. And I get it. I get it. I've had my brothers take my things, and I want to kill them. <laughs> Especially the stuff that's really important to me. I will kill them. You don't touch it. And Esau comes back to kill him. And we look at this. Esau says he's big. He's a skillful hunter. He's hairy. Man, those three things put together, that's a bad man. I mean, he's good with a gun. Jacob is good with a frying pan. I mean, he stays at home among the tents. He, he cooks and watches reruns of Friends with all the ladies. And they talk about the, the tent gossip around what's going on around the tents. And Esau's big. Jacob's small. Gun, frying pan, rock, paper, scissors. Hey, run! He's going to kill you. And so he runs for his life. And for 21 years, Jacob is on the run for his life. Now, what good is the blessing if it puts you on the run? Huh? What good is the blessing if it destroys relationships in your life? What good is the blessing if you can't, you have to wear Esau's clothes, but you can't live in the house of Isaac? What good is it? Man, guys, what good is this blessing? I mean, he's on the run for 21 years. And then it says, after 21 years, he says, you know what? I better go back and, and make things right with Esau. 21 years. And let me tell you, in those 21 years, he was very successful. Man, Jacob was very very successful. He had money. He had plenty of wives. He had land. He had a name. He had livestock. He was the man. But how many know sometimes it takes us getting all the things that we want to realize that it's not what we needed? Sometimes it does take us getting the things that we're going to fight so hard to get to realize, shoot, and that's not what I needed. That's not what I needed. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to have the band come back up with me. And, I, and, and here's the thing, guys. It's about to get real good. 
it's about to get really good. And there's wells in our lives that we have decided that, hey, I don't like it. So I'm going to do what I have to do to rename it. I got it. It's not fair, so I'm going to take this into my own hands. In Genesis, uh, verse 32 and 24, where we started, and, and remember he says that he was left alone, and a man wrestled with him until daybreak, and, 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 and they believe that this man is God. This is, he's wrestling with God. And the scripture doesn't say it, and, and Esau, does, or Jacob doesn't even know it's God, but it says that he, was, he wrestled with a man until daybreak. And it says, uh, in, in the next verse says, when the man saw that he could not overpower him, he touched the socket of Jacob's hip, so that his hip was wrenched as he wrestled with the man. And if we do a little bit of math, and, and it's public school math, but if we do a little bit of math, 76 when he stole the blessing, and 21 years on the run, that's 97. No wonder his hip went out. Man, 97, wrestling all night in the middle of the desert, your hip's going to go out. And that's not wisdom. His hip went out. No wonder his hip went out. But here's the thing. All that hip thing is, all that is to me is, is faith that's not tested is worthless. Now, there's going to be a little bit of pain. There's going to be a little bit of discomfort. But faith that's not tested is worthless. And so in verse 26, it says, the man said, let me go for it's daybreak. But Jacob replied, I will not let you go until you bless me. So you got to get to this point where Jacob's at right now. Okay, yeah, I've, I've given it up before. I've given up the birthright. Man, I, I've done what I've had to do to get what I want right now. I've renamed my wells. Why? Because it's what I wanted. But you got to get to the point where you realize it's not what I needed. So no matter what the situation is, no matter where I'm at in life, I am not letting go of God until I get what I'm blessed, until I get my blessing. The Bible says he began, he continued until he became. You have to continue and continue and continue until you get the blessing, until God blesses you. You don't let go. You don't let go. You keep going. You keep going. You keep going. Come on, he continued. Man, don't let go. I love that. It says it's daybreak. He says, let go. And what's that verse that and pain comes in the night, but joy comes in the morning? He says, I know it's daybreak, but I'm not letting go until you bless me. In verse 27, it says, the man asked him, what is your name? Guys, it's about to get good. And we've seen this before. We've seen this before. When he stole the blessing, his father said, what is your name? And he said, you know what? I don't want that. Man, Jacob is dirty. He's a liar. He's a backstabber. He has unfair circumstances. I don't want that. So I'm Esau. I'm Esau. And this is where it's good, guys. God is standing there. How many know that God is the God of second, third, fourth chances? So God's standing there and says, what is your name? I'm Jacob. And that's who I am. And it's the circumstances I was dealt. 
Man, it's the mistakes that I've made. It's the things that I've done on my own. I'm, I'm Jacob. God says, your name will no longer be Jacob, but Israel, because you have struggled with God and with man and have overcome. No longer you, Jacob. No longer you, the deceiver. No longer you, the supplanter. No longer you bound by your brokenness. No longer are you sick. No longer your relationships destroyed, but you're Israel, which means triumphant with God. No longer are you down by the things of the world. No, you're Israel, triumphant. You're triumphant, triumphant. Come on, triumphant with God. Jacob is who I am, but Israel is God through me. stand to their feet. And this is where I want to get to the point where we're jumping and we're shouting. Because it's good stuff. But you think, okay, so later, okay, so he has a new name, and it's now his name is Israel. So God has given him this new name. God has given him, he's renamed this well for him. And so you think, okay, that's what he's going to be called from now on. He's Israel. But not according to the Bible. According to the Bible, every time you see him, it's either going to be Jacob or Israel. It goes back and forth. And, and here's the thing. I have this. I, I use this, this app on my, on my iPad and my phone and my computer. It's called Evernote. And what it does is I can take notes and then it syncs it to every one of my devices. And so it's really great. Because I can take notes here, I can go home to my computer, boom, it's right there. But see, what happens is, if you don't have an internet connection, it won't transfer over. And so you get things like right up here in the top left, it says conflicting changes. And all that means is, is I didn't have an internet connection. So one thing changed on, on this device, but it wasn't transferred over. And so you have, you have Isaac, who has a, has a new name. It's a conflicting well. Man, it's been named Israel, but I still deal with Jacob. I still struggle with the things Jacob struggles with. But all you need is that internet connection. All you need, life's all about connections, guys. Life's all about getting that connection with God. And so I want you to look real quick with me in the story of Moses in Exodus 3, verse 13. And Moses is talking to God, and he says, Suppose I go to the Israelites and say to them, The God of your fathers has sent me to you. And they ask me, what is, what is his name? Then what shall I tell them? Next verse. And, and, and God says to Moses, and this is a good one, I am who I am. This is what you're to say to the Israelites. I am has sent you. And that's a great verse. That God is who he is. Man, I am sent. But the next verse is really good. And God also said, he added, and he said, say to the Israelites, the Lord, the God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, the God of Isaac, okay, 
Now you think he'd say Israel. God's about to introduce himself. So you think, I'm going to introduce myself to all these people. I'm going to show them my good side. I'm the God of Israel. The God of the guy who's got everything going on. Who's walking in victory right now. Who isn't struggling, but he's succeeding. He's winning every single day of life. He's living that God. You think that that's where he's going. But he says, no. I'm the God of Isaac. And I'm the God of Jacob. I'm the God of the guy who's struggling. I'm the God of the guy who's still got broken, brokenness in his life. I'm the God of the guy who still has a broken marriage. I'm the God of the guy whose life seems low. Come on. I'm the God of Jacob. I'm the God of Jacob. Jacob. Come on. Come on. right now and there's people in here tonight and I got conflicting wells and I still struggle with Jacob and I still got Jacob on the inside of me man I know I have a plan for my life 